and welcome to the Foodies Reviewing Movies podcast. I'm your host, Callie, and thank you so much for taking the time to join me today, hang out for a bit. I just wanted to give you all an update as it's been a few weeks since a new episode has dropped. And I want to start off by apologizing for not communicating a bit sooner with you all. Without going into some personal details, let's just say I've been on medical leave for the past couple of weeks, but not to worry. Luckily, I'm okay and I am on the mend. I still do have a couple of weeks of recovery left, so it's still slow going, but you know, I'm just really thankful that things are better. I'm very grateful for those who have been helping me out during this process. So, um, you know, you all know who you are. Thank you so much to, to my friends and family, but, uh, I'd like to start getting some new episodes to you all listeners. So on Friday, October 28th, I'll be dropping a full length review episode that I recently recorded with friend of the podcast, James. So you can go ahead and I guess call this our unexpected mid-season break. I uh, really sincerely thank you for your patience and your understanding during this time. And I definitely uh, am looking forward to getting some more episodes out to you all. But to hold you over, I thought I'd go ahead and record a mini-sode to give you some food news to chew on and a heads up of a few feature films that are in theaters along with also some shows that are on streaming services. So let's go ahead and let's get started with the food. All right, so both of our food stories today are coming from delish.com. The first is from Danielle Harling, and she wrote about how Taco Bell is testing a new Beyond Meat offering that begins on October 13th. So for those of you who live in or near the Dayton, Ohio area, you'll be the first to try Beyond Carne Asada Steak. The Beyond Carne Asada Steak will be featured in a quesadilla, but really you can add it to any item on the menu. I uh, usually pick chicken, but honestly, um, occasionally I like to go for some steak as well. With this being a Beyond Meat, I'm, I'm really interested to see how this goes. So if you get to try this at any point in the next uh, month or so, go ahead and drop us a line. We have the social media info at the end of the episode. Feel free to reach out. We'll be happy to hear from you. Well, our second story is thanks to Felicia Lalomia and Allison Arnold. They went ahead and made a list of Trader Joe's fall items. So here are just a few of the tasty treats you can purchase. Butternut squash mac and cheese. That sounds pretty good. I love me some mac and cheese. Honey roasted pumpkin ravioli. Pumpkin nochi. Salted maple ice cream. That'd be probably pretty good. Uh, Pumpkin sticky toffee cakes pumpkin spiced Jojo's, which apparently are uh, little cookie sandwiches, and caramel apple mochi. So uh, quite a few different things across the board there from savory to sweet. So uh, go ahead and visit your local Trader Joe's if those sound good. Well, let's now go on to the showings in theaters across the nation. First up is Smile. It's a psychological thriller about a doctor witnessing a traumatic incident involving one of their patients, who then ends up starting to see terrifying, unexplainable things. So she must go ahead and face her own unsettling past to survive her now petrifying reality. Smile has received decent marks across the board with a 68% on Metacritic, 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb, and a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. So not top tier ratings here, but not terrible. So um, 
I guess just go ahead if you want to check it out. I know there's been a lot of different sort of viral advertising that's been happening, a little unconventional, just been like random people standing there smiling and posting on social media. It's been a little creepy. So at the same time, a little intriguing. I don't know. I uh, I personally probably will not go to see this in theaters. I don't know if I'll actually maybe see it after the board either. <laughs> well, next is The Woman King. It's an action drama starring Viola Davis and directed by the old guards Gina Prince Blythewood. This movie is set in the 1800s and it follows a group of all-female African warriors who must square off against an adversary that is set to destroy their traditions, culture, and livelihood. The Woman King has received a 77% on Metacritic, a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 81% of Google users like it. So that's pretty good. I'm a big fan of Viola Davis. I do like Gina Prince Blythewood. There may or may not be an episode coming out at some point about the old guard. We'll have to see. But, uh... Yeah, I, I like her as a director. I enjoy that movie. For anyone who hasn't seen it, you should check it out, especially if it may possibly be featured in the future on this podcast, just saying. Well, also, Billy Eichner's new rom-com, Bros. It's about Bobby, a not-so-ready-to-settle-down podcast host who's totally fine with taking a more permanent seat in the dating arena. Well, that is until he meets lawyer Aaron, who's equally detached, and two, who likes to remain active in the dating world. It's gotten pretty good ratings so far, a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, 78% on Metacritic, and a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Congrats, Billy and the crew. Also, director-actress Olivia Wilde's drama mystery thriller, Don't Worry Darling, Man, is it throwing some major Stepford Wives meets Ready or Not vibes. It's set in the 1950s and it centers around a young married couple, Alice and Jack, who live in an experimental company town that has the men who work on a top secret project residing in it. While the husbands get to go to work, the wives get to enjoy what seems like a paradise. But when Alice starts to find evidence proving things aren't really as they seem, she can't help but question what's going on in her town. And let me just let you know, in real life, there's been a lot of drama between Olivia Wilde and cast member Florence Pugh. Also, allegedly, amongst two of the film's other stars, Olivia Wilde's current boyfriend, Harry Styles, and Chris Pine. While the film may be currently overshadowed by the post-filming drama, will this actually be able to go ahead and step out of that shadow and the stars can put their differences aside so that way maybe this movie can gain some steam? I don't know. We'll have to find out. Right now, the film has ratings of 39% from Rotten Tomatoes, 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb, and an 81% from Google users. So, not too bad from Google users, not too shabby from IMDb, but Rotten Tomatoes not quite liking it too much. So hopefully everyone can get it together because right now uh, the movie, it needs a little help in the ratings department. Also arriving just in time for Halloween is the final battle royale that's 45 years in the making between Laurie and Michael. 
Halloween Ends premieres in theaters and on Peacock October 14th. Also on Peacock is a show called A Friend of the Family. I just watched the available episodes last night and it's based on the true story of the young daughter named Jan of the Broberg family. Jan is portrayed by Hendrix Yancey in these earlier episodes, but then when she becomes a teenager, McKenna Grace will go ahead and take over for that. And uh, Jan is kidnapped several times in the 1970s by this charming family friend who goes by B. And that's really to uncomplicate things because Mr. Broberg and another character and then this guy who goes by B are all named Bob. So he went ahead and just sort of uncomplicated that for everybody. Well, B, who's played by Jake Lacey, he's absolutely obsessed with the Brobergs, especially Jan. The show also stars Colin Hanks and Anna Paquin as Bob and Mary Ann Broberg. And, uh, you know, I was unfamiliar with the story myself, but knowing it's based on true events to me always makes series like this that much more unnerving. And you get to see the Broberg and the Birchtold families, which that's B's family. They sort of get to know each other and become close, almost like one family unit. And then you start to see some suspect things happen, like close, intimate whispers between a couple of the parents and an especially tight-knit friendship between B and Jan and also B and Marianne and also a little bit of B and Bob. I feel like they did a good job with the wardrobe, the set design and the props. The music really helps set the mood and enhances the scenes. Nothing's really out of place when it comes to that. They chose some good 70s songs as well. There are plenty of WTF moments from some of the characters' psychological well-being to how you're wondering if exactly if maybe some of these characters may actually know more than what they're leading on. This goes on a lot throughout the first four episodes and it's really sort of intriguing to watch. Uh, initially it was a little slow for me to get into, but once we got all of the foundation planted, then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in, let's go. The episodes are about 50 minutes long, so they are a bit longer as well, but you know, that's okay. And uh, currently this has ratings of 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, and has 90% of Google users liking it. That's pretty good, pretty good ratings. And a few shows that I recently got to watch during my recuperation. On Hulu are the first five episodes of the newest season of The Handmaid's Tale, along with Angela Bassett's sixth season of 911, and one of Netflix's newest additions that's causing lots of buzz on social media and beyond is Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Dahmer Monster has received an 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 94% of Google users like it. Evan Peters plays the notorious serial killer Dahmer and is joined by Nicey Nash, Molly Ringwald, and Richard Jenkins. I've watched all of the available episodes of The Handmaid's Tale and 911, and then about four out of 10 episodes of the Jeffrey Dahmer story. So spoiler alert, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Handmaid's Tale or 911 up until this point, 
you're going to want to go ahead and skip ahead about 60 seconds when I let you know. And uh, I'm going to give my thoughts on those so I don't want to spoil anything for you. And then I'll go ahead and talk about the Jeffrey Dahmer story. So go ahead and skip ahead now. Starting with The Handmaid's Tale. It ups the ante as June and Serena Joy face off after Fred Waterford was savagely ripped to shreds in the woods by June and a group of women in season four's finale. I feel like season five continues the story on well. The writing still lives up to uh, previous seasons. And there are a few new things that we get to learn about Gilead during this newest season as well. Really my only complaint is, and it's a personal one, some of you may disagree, is I could do a little less with the really, I'm flipping pissed, I'm gonna rip your throat out look on Elizabeth Moss's face. She's a great actress, so I'm not personally knocking her or her acting, but directors, if you wanna just sort of ease up on that a little bit, I'd be totally cool with it. So <laughs> that's just personal preference. Moving on to 911. It still features all of our favorite characters. Even a couple of them have made a journey to Florida where they find themselves in the midst of a kidnapping cold case. I've really enjoyed seeing our core group of characters continue to bond and evolve and grow a few new layers. And maybe even some of them have matured a bit, which if you've seen the series, you know exactly who I'm referring to. I am curious to see how long the show intends on running for though. Uh, uh, considering that Angela Bassett and TV powerhouse Ryan Murphy are at the helm, I could see this continuing on for some time. So I guess we'll just sort of have to wait and see how many stories they have left for us. And speaking of Ryan Murphy, he was an executive producer on Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. By the way, welcome back to those of you who are rejoining us from Skipping Ahead. You are joining us at the point where we are now starting to talk about the Jeffrey Dahmer story. So this series explores different points to highlight Dahmer's life. Evan Peters provides a haunting betrayal of Dahmer. The first two episodes were especially hard for me to watch as you see some pretty gruesome stuff that Dahmer did to his victims. And to know that these were real people and these are real things that happened, it's just incredibly disturbing. You know, disturbing is really the best word I can think of to describe it. I read an interview written by Dan Coyce from Slate.com, and he had uh, recently spoken with a gentleman by the name of Justin Roby, who's director of HIV at Diverse and Resilient. And they spoke about how the LGBTQ plus community still is impacted by the terror that Dahmer inflicted on the black and queer communities. I uh, encourage you to go ahead and, and read this article to learn more about those who were directly impacted in this Milwaukee community. I, I would like to um, also, by the way, give a special shout out to Sean J. Brown, an outstanding performance as one of Dahmer's victims named Tracy. He sold it for me. I really feel like he completely became that person and just did a brilliant job. So uh, really good job, Sean. And uh, you also can see Sean in American Gigolo, Dear White People, Dave, and Run. If you're interested in seeing some of his other acting skills, you can see them there. Well, that's it for this mini so Don't forget our next full-length episode will drop on Friday, October 21st. Thank you for listening, friends. Also, thank you to Kenny and Ned for our music. And if you'd like to check us out on social media, this is how you can do so.
You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at FRM Podcast and email us at frmfan at gmail.com.